ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Thursday, December 2nd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. Our text line is open as well, 304-523-2275. That is 304-523-2275. We'll get your text. We've got a lot to talk about. Thundering Herd yesterday going down by 9.5 to Akron. It was 49-40. Herd battles back. Thundering Herd even had leads at many junctures of this game. However, unfortunately, it just doesn't go Marshall's way at the end. And I don't blame this sequence. We're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni a little bit later on about what happened. But this is not the sequence that caused Marshall to lose. There were so many things. It was cumulative. But Andy Taylor, he fouls out of the game. He reaches in. and. He fouls Akron's Enrique Freeman about under four seconds to go. So Freeman goes to the free throw line. He hits both of his free throw shots. He puts Akron up 88 to 86, and then Marshall can't get a go-ahead basket to win the game. So Marshall loses the game. It was disappointing in so many ways just because foul trouble was a huge factor in this game. You lost the services of Obina and Achille Killen. He wasn't out there for the majority of the game, and you need him. He is definitely someone you need to be on the court because he gives you so much. You look at the stat lines from the game. Here's the problem. A lot of the guys you depend on for some defensive help weren't not out there. You know, Obina was out there 8 minutes and 39 seconds. He was 0-2 from the field. He had one rebound. That's it. No blocks, nothing. Just one rebound. Uh, Darius George was out there for 24 minutes, and you got six total points from him. Michael Byers, you got five points from him. Marco Ceranic, he was out there for almost 17 and a half minutes. You got three points from him. Uh, Chase McKee, one point. Kyle Braun was out there, three points. Um, Now, you did get great production, though, from Andrew Taylor, 26 points. 26 points there, that was a good game for him. Tavion Kinsey, 30 points. So, you look at some of the performances. I thought uh, David Early looked okay out there, 18 and uh, 43 minutes of game time for 11 points. So there were some good things here. I mean, you look at how the herd shot first quarter or first half. They shot 14 to 29. They were 5 of 10 from the three-point line. Free throw line, they were 7 of 10. Uh, Second, they were 19 to 33, 6 of 13 from the three-point line, 2 of 7 from the free throw line. you got to make those. For the game, 9 of 17 from the free throw line. For the game, Akron hit 21 of 29. That's not going to win you any games if you put them on the line all those times. At the same time, you can't you can't get defensive stops and when you foul, you're putting Akron on the line for free throw opportunities and that's where Tavion Kinsey looked at. 
when he was talking about the game last night, they shot over 72% from the free throw line. They had 29 looks, hit 21, and that was a big reason why Marshall was not able to pull away when opportunities presented itself. I mean, there were chances for Marshall to maybe pull away from Akron, put Akron away, turnover, a foul, giving Akron an opportunity to go to the line, put points on the board, and that's where Tavion Kinsey started talking about the game last night on how Akron made free throws. They 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 made their free throws. That's what I want to say. They made their free throws. We didn't. You know, we had too many times where me, I went to the line, I split. Uh, we didn't, you know, count two key free throws towards the end. But, you know, um, on the defensive end, when we fouled, we played the whole game fouling, and you just can't do that. We can't, we can't put those guys in a situation, especially when they're at home. They know their realms, you know, so they went to the free throw line and they capitalized off of it. And and when they missed, they capitalized off of it with a rebound. And that's some things we got to clean up. It's just a toughness. It's just wanting to win the game. Hey, you got to want those moments. You got to definitely want to box that man out to get the rebound. You got to definitely want that rebound if you want to win the game. And that's what automatic, I mean, ultimately it comes down to is just the fire inside of you to win that game. And And we didn't have that tonight. He's not um, he's not pulling his punches, is he? There's a lot of things that Hurd didn't do, and Tavion was not here to offer excuses. That's one thing I love about him. He's not here to offer excuses. There was a sequence. You get a, a big three late by David Early, and it felt like maybe the defense relaxed a little bit after that, and that kind of hurt the Hurd. Again, going back to what, Tavion was talking about just you know you got to go out there you got to play you got to you got to get these things and he talked about last night about that sequence with David Early and just where the herd failed to continue to play with the intensity they played in certain areas of the game can't relax in moments like that you got to that's when the fire has to come not just not being anxious not being overwhelmed in the moment just like sitting down playing defense after we hit a big shot you got to act like you've been there and 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 we act like we we was there until we got on defense and we just you know we we committed a silly foul that you know definitely hurt us in the end and then he uh goes down misses the layup guy comes down and capitalizes off the m1 dunk and just plays like that just hurt you know it's kind of like a dagger at the end then he goes to the line and makes the free throw and we come down, we try to get Drew the shot. And, you know, I'm living and dying with that. And he, he didn't make the shot, but that's okay. And then we got a foul and they went to the line and they hit their free throws once again. So just uh, in those moments, you just got to lock down. We can't have that slip up where we foul or we he misses that layup. We got to get that rebound. Ultimately, like I say, it's been rebounds and just wanting to win the game. And we just didn't do that tonight. He's not, um, he's not again, pulling his punches. There were a lot of things that the herd didn't do. One thing that the herd didn't do was, I think, play smart basketball. There was a lot of foul trouble on the court, including not having Obina out there for the majority of the game. And I know that's got to be frustrating for your team when one of your better players, someone who provides a lot of different characteristics that could have helped out in that game. Shot blocking, rebounding, things that... sorely were missed in that game yesterday. And Tavion talked about that. I asked him how frustrating it was, not just the game itself, but just how frustrating was it 
not to have Obina out there on the floor? Uh, it's definitely frustrating, but that's when another guy has to step up. That's why we have a team. You know, Obina has been a big piece, you know, but as, as when I came in as a freshman, like, you, you only have a certain time. You only have a certain amount of time. If you're coming off the bench, Coach Dan always says, you have to come off the bench with fire. You have to come off the bench ready. You know, if some guy might go hurt, God forbid, some guy might get hurt. Some some guys might get in foul trouble. Like tonight, you have to be ready at all times. And like I said, it starts in practice. You can't be messing around just because you're not in. And you, you everything comes full cycle. And we've seen that tonight. And Obina did his best, you know, but he wasn't able to be in the game that much. And AT had to come in. And he has some things he has to focus on. But he played his best that he could. But it, it wasn't good enough to get the job done from any of us. So we got to figure out how to finish games, get the job done, and be ready when your time is called. Next man up, Tavion Kenzie calling for the next man to step up and do his part. I know there were a lot of long conversations at halftime after the game, and it feels like turnovers. And again, I don't think that early committing a turnover late in the game lost you the game, but it could have helped you. I don't think that Andrew committing that foul lost you the game. It was just the final sequence for the herd. Akron goes up. Marshall can't answer with moments on the clock. Those weren't individual reasons why Marshall lost. It's part of the collective reason why. And you heard Tavion talking about it early. I mean, it, the team got a little lax on defense. And you still got to fix those mistakes, early made mistakes. You can't say he's the reason why. Andrew Taylor had a tremendous game. Final sequence for him, not the one he wanted. You can't say he's the reason why you lost the game. And so, to Dan's credit, I know he's frustrated. I know Tavion's frustrated. To everyone's credit, though, no bus throwing. Weren't throwing anyone under the bus. Dan had his guys back, but at the same time, he did point out his displeasure. We're going to hear from Dan a little bit later on. We'll get your phone calls in. You can join the program on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw Heart Seltzer. It is made pure. Text line is open as well, 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. We'll hear from Dan D'Antoni, hear his thoughts on the loss later on. We've got a lot of Marshall news to tell you about today. Uh, Some congratulations as well. So all of that's coming up and your phone calls and texts when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. We're recapping Marshall's loss to Akron. Also getting your phone calls and texts in. You can join the program on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. For those of you who can't spell out talk on your phone, it's 8255. 877-420-8255. Text line is also open for you at 304-523-2275. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 
94.1 and AM 930. Tough night last night for the Thundering Herd. You know, if Marshall would have been able to win that one, you could take all the mistakes, you could take all of the things that didn't go well, and you could feel a lot better about yourself just because, okay, we had all this not go right and still won the game. Think of what kind of team we would be if we could actually put it all together and make things go right. That would have been more of the attitude here. Instead, you're kind of looking at yourself like this is a game you had. You could have won this game. I mean, Even going by nine, down by nine in the first half, you come back and you battle. You only lose by two. I mean, that's the difference here. Down by nine at half, lose by two. And so the Thundering Herd, unfortunately, has got to take the L. Dan talked about that when we were talking about uh, David Early. You'll you'll hear that in a minute. But I asked Dan last night, I was asking a little bit more specifically towards just not having Obina out there, how frustrating it was. And Dan was like, yeah, I'm not really worried about just like one player out there. I mean, his frustration was a little higher than just having Obina in foul trouble. I was frustrated that we came out soft. And I've got to find a way to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, making good plays does not qualify playing good. What qualifies playing good is you played as hard as you can play and made good plays. And smart. you got to be smart. Right now, we're not, we're not exhibiting those. We'll make good plays and things like that look good, but we're not winning games that you have to do, and that is by playing hard and smart. We had three or four opportunities this game to win this game. It's a team that took Ohio State and really had a beat. Uh, Between coming out, not ready to play, and then not making big plays down the stretch, uh, we've got – and that's twice. We did that against uh, uh, Campbell. We did here, and really, we did it against uh, Indiana, where we have moments or at least five minutes in there that we're not getting the job done. We've got to try to eliminate that to be a good team. Not getting the job done. Felt that the team came out very soft. So, yeah, he was frustrated yesterday. And one of the questions I was asked of him, I thought it was a good question, is, you know, everything was – wasn't going right for the herd. I mean, everything it felt like just wasn't working. And was it more of what Marshall was doing to itself? I mean, what was Akron doing? Dan kind of illustrated what was happening last night as far as the problems concerned and what Akron was really doing to the herd. No, it's what they did and what we didn't. You know, uh, my point being is you can't you can't do that. You can't get out fault for the ball. You got to give them credit, but at the same time, you can't let that happen. So, you know, we we missed two one-on-ones right at the end. We, uh, like you said, gave them up about three rebounds. Efforts down there. We walked when you could have just held on to the ball. We didn't have to go fast. Just hang on the ball. So we're making some mental mistakes. Uh, Tucson has got to learn to uh, get his head to where he runs what we do and then plays from that. He sometimes wanders around and we get started on a play all messed up because he's not in the right spot. And then what starts bad ends bad. And we've, we've got to make sure that they lock in mentally and uh, come ready to play. That's number one. We gave him a 11 point lead just cause 
we weren't ready to play. And uh, I got to figure out the biggest thing is figuring out, okay, who are the guys that are going to really come in and play every night and then go with those guys. And uh, I think we've got to go to the ball club. They're athletic. They can play. They're skilled. We just got to find that combination to win ball games. Sounds like to me there might be a lineup change. There might be a rotation change. We'll see. He might have a long talk with the players between yesterday and game time on Saturday. I'm not pretty sure we're going to see a drastic change in a lineup, but I'll give you this. Tavion's going to be starting. Andrew's going to be starting. I don't think you go too far past... Obino, if you're going to shake things up, I mean, does Byers start? I think you you got to start Obino, right? You have to. Now, this is my opinion. I would have Tavion out there. I would have Andrew out there. I'd have Obina out there. I'd probably have Darius out there. Who's your fifth? What's your starting lineup? You've watched enough herd games now, right? You think you've got a pretty good idea of what this team looks like. If you're a if you're a fan of this show, that means you're watching a lot of herd basketball. What's your lineup? 304-523-2275 on the text line. 304-523-2275. What's your starting five? What's the what's the lineup look like if you were starting these players? And uh, speaking of of turnovers and speaking of walking the ball and doing things. Uh, there was a late turnover, David Early. And we've kind of talked about that. And Dan, just to illustrate a point, talked about what that late turnover did for the Thundering Hurt or did to benefit Akron more than it did to help his team. Now, I'm doing this without a film, but I think I'm right. David hits a three, right? We go down and hold him. We get the ball. David gets it and walks and gives it back. And then that's when they got the extra point. Is that correct? I think that's right. Well, you know what? He doesn't walk. He just hangs on the ball. Then that that's over. Bottom line, you can't make that kind of mistake. And that's not calling David out. I think he played good. And he's showing some good signs. But if you're going to win, you got to play great, especially away from home. And a good team. It's a good team. You can't make that mistake. And, uh, you know, he'll learn from it. We, but at the same time, while he's learning, we got to take an L. And that's, that's not fun. Never fun to take an L. Never fun. The good news is you got plenty of basketball to play. The good news also is that once you get into conference play, if you can win conference, you can go into the postseason. You win the regular season, hey, you lock yourself in the NIT. If you win the conference tournament, you get that NCAA tournament bid. So you have opportunities here. It's it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, there are ways to bounce back from this. And, of course, I think some players are coming along. We've been talking about Andrew Taylor. I thought Andrew played well. He had a great stat line. Except uh, the fouling out. Yeah, um, that, that kind of hurt. I mean, what was his stat line? 10 of 17, 4 of 7 from the three-point line, 2 of 3 from the free-throw line. He had five rebounds, 
and he had five fouls. Him, Obina, AT have four, Early have four, Darius have four. I mean, foul trouble was was a big one. But Andrew had 26 points. He had four assists, had a steal. He had a good stat line. And then you have the, the foul. And you send Freeman to the line, a little under four seconds left. And Freeman hits the free throws, puts Akron up 88-86. That's your ball game. Dan talked about that sequence and... Again, not throwing anyone under the bus. He had his guys back, but he was also very disappointed. You know, I showed a little bit of disappointment about foul. But you know what? We lost the game. We came out the way we came out. Can't do that. Like I say, one play is never the deciding factor, even though when you do it at a time you can't recover, it's pretty tough. We can't do that one. But other than that, the miss free throw or something like that, there's a lot of menu, uh, mitigating circumstances that makes you win or lose a game. You can lose a game in the first five minutes as easy as you can in the last five. And we just, you know, people who are big and tall can't play without a rebound. Can't play without uh, them feeling your body if you're big. So we're just... You know, like I said, I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen teams like this that are this close turn into big winners. So we just got to keep pushing forward and see what happens. One other thing from last night with Dan. He was asked a question about the players. What's he wanting from the players? Does he hope or expect? Would he like to see? Does he think? The players are going to maybe have a players-only meeting because Tavion was pretty matter-of-fact. He was – I'm not saying he was salty, but he definitely didn't pull his punches. He was taking ownership of the situation. And do you think if it hasn't already been called, you think the players are going to get together, try to figure it out among themselves? Maybe players, I don't know, calling each other out or just – having some aggressive love that, look, you got to do this better. You can't do this. You better get on the same page, you know, that kind of stuff. And just getting that impression from Dan, he was asked that question. You know, Dan believes that this is a player-led team. This is the team. It's decided what happens on the court by the players. You know, he'll draw up the plays. He'll scratch it all out. But at the end of the day, this is a player-led team. He's, expecting, looking, maybe he thinks all along that they should know they need to take ownership of this team. And here was his thoughts and his response to that question about maybe the players need to get together and have a players-only meeting or they need to have the uh, assert – yeah, they need to assert themselves a little bit better. I've always preached for years, and I tell them here before, this is their team. They have to take control. They understand that. This is a player, mostly a player's game. There are parts coaches can play. But the biggest part is done by players. And they have to take ownership of their practice, their getting readiness. Uh, Tavion does a super job as a leader. Uh, you see it tonight, his will to win. He was tremendous. 
and his will to win, you could just, I could feel it. I don't know about what you felt over the cameras, but here on the court, you could see that he was determined to win. We got to get that in all of them with that same fire and desire, and he will be a big factor in that. That's up to him, and, and the guys will follow, and I think they will. I really do. I think what we got to do to help for him is to get the right people for him to put that fire into. And, uh, you know, when you start the season, you think you got 12 deep. I've been doing this skiing for a long time, and it always comes down. It'll come down to seven or eight. You can find seven or eight good ones. That's who you're going with. I want to know who your five are. Give me your five. Text lines 304-523-2275. Your five. My five, Tavion Kinsey. Andrew Taylor, of course. I'm throwing out Darius George. He's he's in my five right now. Obina is in my five. I might say David Early's in my five. I might go early as as my he's my fifth choice. If I'm if I'm picking sides here, he's my fifth choice, maybe. That's not to say anyone else on this team is not stepping up, but if I got to go with five, maybe I'm going with early. Maybe he's my sixth. Yeah. Maybe I keep Gorin out there. I don't know. What's your five look like? 304-523-2275. 304-523-2275. More coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're taking your phone calls, 877-420-8255. Text line 304 523 2275. It's the drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I got a lot of news coming out of Marshall today. I, I want to thank Marshall University for writing all of my show today. I, I really appreciate everything that the university has just pumped out here in the last hour or so. First of all, we got to talk about Rasheen Ali. He is one of the 14 semifinalists for the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award. That's coming out of the Maxwell Football Club. He leads the nation in rushing touchdowns at 20, second in total touchdowns at 22, points scored at 32, and points per game at 11. That's pretty good, right? That's pretty good, yeah. Uh, One of just two group of five players to make the list, joining Coastal Carolina defensive end, Uh, Josiah Stewart. And, you know, looking at bowl projections here from bowlseason.com, Marshall might see Mr. Stewart if the Myrtle Beach Bowl is the thing, and it's going to be Marshall Coastal Carolina. Uh, Ali's rushing total now, rushing touchdowns. Number four on Marshall's all-time single-season list. He is right behind Jackie Hunt's 26. That was in 1940. 23 by Chris Parker. That was twice. 1993 and in 1994. Chris was pretty good. He was, he was a good one to watch. Ali's also right now ninth on Conference USA single season rushing touchdowns list. So congratulations to him. His 22 touchdowns, total touchdowns scored are now number six on Marshall's all time single season list. 
also set the all-time record. And the last game set the all-time record for rushing yards by a freshman, 1,239. Doug Chapman had to basically say, all right, man, you got my record. He's on the sideline. I mean, right? Doug's like, you're breaking my record. But I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with you breaking my record. Chapman rushed for 1,238 yards as a freshman, 1996. And Ali did it with one more yard. It's like, if you're going to break a record, I mean, you, you break it by one, right? Like, I'm going to break your record. I'm going to do it by one yard. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So good, good on him. I mean, you look at the stats here. I mean, it's a plethora of stats here. Also caught 45 passes this season, the third most in a season ever by a Marshall running back. 1984, you got to go back to Robert Surratt, 55 in 1984. And Ahmad Bradshaw, 56 in 2005. Those are the those are the big two, and then Ali's got 45. So we're going to find out who wins this thing. The finalists are going to be unveiled December 21st, and then January 10th will be the winner being announced. It'll be a formal presentation at the Maxwell Football Club Awards Gala. So that's going to uh, be on March 18th. So we'll find out the award on January 10th, 2022, then if Ali wins, there's going to be um there's going to be a nice little little soiree for him. Little little party. That's pretty good he's on the list. I mean, that that says something right there. You should be really proud about that. And then of course, there's something else that I need to talk to you about. I've known about this for a little while now. And when I found out, I was like very very happy with the decision. Friend of mine, friend of a lot of people, but I've known her for a few years now, is Sydney Shelton. Yeah, I've known her partially because, of course, I'm connected to WMUL. I'm alum there. I um, I haven't gotten my uh, my my plaque yet for being like uh, one of the top alum of all time at WMUL. I'm just saying, I haven't received that honor just yet. I'm waiting. You know, but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, I'm connected to a few people because of my relationship with uh, with certain departments at Marshall. And, you know, Sydney always was like a go getter. She was always on top of her game. Smart as can be. Uh, She's got great ideas. Energetic, passionate about, you know, what she does. and. She has been promoted to director of marketing for Marshall Athletics. So the Thundering Herd's assistant AD for fan donor engagement and communications is Chuck McGill. And I think Chuck made a good decision here. I don't criticize Chuck's decisions. Chuck makes a lot of good decisions. This is probably Chuck's best decision. Other than marrying his wife. Marrying his wife Hiring Sydney, 
Uh, Sydney is uh, right now um, someone I think is going to do a lot of great things for the marketing department. And let me tell you, I read those message board posts sometimes where people are complaining in, in Facebook posts as well. Marshall needs to do something in marketing, needs to improve marketing. Here you go. Here you go. Marketing just got improved. Give her some time to to get up to where she can talk about the things that she wants to do with the department and ideas that she is going to put forward. But she was on the Hertz marketing team, worked in Marshall Sports Information. Uh, she was uh, working with the tennis team. Uh, she did a lot of things, day-to-day operations. And let me tell you, if you work in Marshall Sports Information, you're doing a lot of different jobs. Marshall isn't blessed with a wealth of money to hire multiple people to do the multiple jobs that are in sports information. And so she was doing everything, knows what she's doing, knows her way around the athletic department. She was also a teaching assistant for Marshall University's communications department. She was a graduate assistant with the Buck Harless Student Athlete Program. She's done a lot of things. She was also a student athlete years ago, volleyball, not with the herd, but she was a student athlete uh, as well. So she's got a lot of things going on. And, of course, I'm making a big deal is because this is my friend. I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you. This is my friend I'm talking about, and I think she's going to do amazing things for marketing. Uh, I think she's going to be very receptive to what fans w- would like to see uh, so if you've got ideas, I'm sure she will definitely pay attention to them. Uh, I can't wait to hear what her ideas are, but this is a good hire. And again, I go back to, I hear fans talk about, well, Marshall does a terrible job at marketing. Marshall needs to improve marketing. Well, here you go. Here you go. The department just got an upgrade because you're going to have someone who is young, but seasoned also has good ideas and can bring a lot to the position. So congratulations to my friend who is uh, taking the position officially. She's We've known for a little while here, but now that uh, you know the release comes out, you know we can talk about it more officially. So uh, congratulations to Sydney Shelton, friend of the program, friend of mine, uh, always uh, someone I can I can talk to, bounce ideas off of, and I think she's going to do a brilliant job for the Thundering Herd and for Marshall University. And, of course, if I see tweets talking about how bad marketing is, I'm going to get all aggro on you, just just so you know. If you criticize marketing, I'm going to get all aggro on you because this is my friend we're talking about now. All right, when we continue, we'll – you know what? We're going to talk about graduate success rate. That's a thing we need to talk about when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Text line is still open, 304-523-2275. Paul Swan, your host. Texter writes, got to go to Taylor, Kenzie, Marco, George, and Obina. Bring in David Early for six-man duties because he has a good shot and can create as well. Byers hasn't looked impressive in his minutes, and Gorin, I don't believe, is healthy. Or Dan doesn't think he must be that great because why else is he playing five to ten minutes a game? 
Rebounding is not 100% about size. It's some luck where it lands, and also about boxing out as soon as a shot goes up. This team has more potential than I thought coming into the season after losing Jared and Jansen if they can put it together like Dan talked about. Okay, it's pretty good. It's a good lineup there. Where would you go? Taylor, Kenzie, Marco, George, Obina. I'm going with early as my six. Bring him in. I could I could go with that. I could roll with that. That's my that's my six. Who's your seven? Now I'm asking questions. Who's your seven? You got a you got a six? It's David. You got a seven? Who's your seven? All right. Um you know, sometimes as fans, as broadcasters, as uh, people who follow Marshall, we forget that the point of Marshall University is not necessarily about winning championships. It's not necessarily about wins and losses. You want those, and you want to give the kids every opportunity to be successful in that arena, but it's not about fancy indoor practice facilities. It's not about who has the most, I don't know, glow-in-the-dark locker room. It's about academics. And I think Marshall's done a solid job of making sure that the student-athletes have the resources needed to be successful, whatever the field of study is. And Marshall student-athletes, now this is between 2011 and 2014. If you are a student-athlete and enrolled between these years, 2011 and 2014, uh, you put it all together, the graduation success rate, the GSR, is 90%. That is one point higher than the Marshall number was last year. This is coming out from the NCAA. Seven of the Herds programs had 100% rates. The third consecutive year, the department has seen at least six of its teams achieve that standard. Men's cross country, men's golf, women's basketball, women's golf, women's soccer, swimming and diving, and volleyball all reached perfect marks. These are all the major Olympic sports, right? This is what we call them. But swimming and diving has been owning it. Achieved 114 times and was the only Conference USA program to reach a perfect figure in this year's numbers. This is the eighth consecutive year that the department has either maintained or improved upon the previous year's number. Uh, Marshall had an 89% GSR, and that was between 2010 and 2013. So 2011, 2014, it got better. And, of course, you're going to see a lot of that carryover. It's just, you know, this is showing that from year to year you're improving. Uh, that is huge. And, of course, if you have a low one of these, and you're trying to get into a bowl, and there's a tiebreaker, you look at this stuff sometimes. So you look at the academic success of a team and of a department for a lot of things. So, I mean, the whole point here is, at the end of the day, as much as we want Marshall to win every basketball game, every football game, and everything on the court, if Marshall's winning all these games and not graduating kids, we got a problem. It's always the other way around. You want the academic success to be very high and try to get the 
performance on the field, on the court, on the platform that they are competing on to try to reach that level as well. So I'm always of the mindset that it's great that the herd's winning and you want them to always win. You want the herd to be successful on the field of play or in the arena of competition, but also this stuff is important. Yeah, I, I want to I wanna see Marshall win every football game. I want Coach Huff to go undefeated. I want Dan D'Antoni to win multiple Conference USA championships. He's got two more shots at it, by the way. And get into the NCAA tournament every year, right? I want to see that. I want to see all the teams achieve. But I'd rather be okay with, okay, you know what? They didn't have that good of a year. They tried. They did their very best. They came a little short, but they're killing it in the classroom. They're not killing it in the classroom, then that's where, uh, you know, I think the big worry is. Because after all, uh, the whole point of Marshall University is to get better. Get me better. Make me better. I go to Marshall University to get better. Every day. If I was a student once again, and let me tell you, if I had a second opportunity to go back, I would probably, I'm not saying I'd be a professional student, but, uh, you know, I might take multiple tracks of, of different things here because, you know, the opportunity is, uh, is there. I'm also, um, I'm also pretty sure that uh, a lot of people want that as well, but maybe sometimes you, you don't realize just how important that stuff really is. And I think Marshall has been so successful over the course of these multiple years with the programs. When you look at what Marshall student-athletes have to work with here, you drive by that beautiful building, right? It's right next to the football stadium. You you drive by that beautiful building and you see all the things that are in it. You got the Hall of Fame, you got the sports medicine, you got the indoor facility. What else is in there? Oh, it's that beautiful academic center. Give these student athletes an opportunity to uh, excel on and off the, the classroom. And of course, I think the the good thing here for Marshall is Marshall's hired a, a nice collection of coaches that get that. Because when talking to a lot of these coaches, uh, they point that stuff out to me as well. And they also uh, make note of it uh, when given the opportunity. And they are really, really aware of what that means to have not just uh, success on the court or whatever your venue is, but also in the classroom. All right. Got to talk about this stuff. Sometimes that gets overlooked. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. We're going to be back tomorrow. It's Friday. We're going to get you set for the weekend. We'll do it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.